everyone. Just doing a late night audio only recording, just me today. Thought it might be easier. Um, just to share a quick thought without much fuss. Just up late editing some videos. And it's very calm. It's very peaceful. Where I am uh, internally, I guess, and externally. And I uh, thought I'd just share some thoughts. Had a great conversation today with a friend. Um, which was a chance for me to reflect some of the things I've been thinking about or doing differently. One thing I always want to reiterate here is uh, if I ever pretend otherwise that I do not have everything figured out. Like like I've probably you, I have, I have different types of thoughts. Not always thoughts that I think make sense, but thoughts which make sense. We conspire against ourselves. And the thing I I was talking about, and I talked about this with Luke too, is, uh, you know, things come up, um, disturbances, right? So, it doesn't have to be too deep, deep and dark, but feelings of like, you know, inadequacy or um, challenge or stress or anything like that, stress about the future, where things are going. And uh, honestly, more and more, Every, every kind of disturbance we have chooses an object in the same way that, you know, in life we all kind of choose partners. And uh, so every, every single emotion you have or anything is always directed towards something, normally something more specific. The tendency then is to try and solve for that thing. So it might, might be money might be something in any sort of relationship it might be that you feel like you're not smart enough or you're not good enough or you know you're not good enough at your job or so it's very easy to go forward and sometimes you do right sometimes you're meant to just go <laughs> get get a job that pays better fair enough but um in truth i'm finding more and more um to get back to a place of feeling deeply, deeply peaceful. Uh, it's resisting the urge. It's like resisting the urge to scratch at the scab. My mother always used to tell me off when I was a kid for if I scratch scabs. Uh, there's a lot of judgment. But resisting the urge to scratch the scab, to instead let nature do its thing. I'll be going through something like the new comedy channel we're doing, right? Which is in its infancy, so I kind of, you know, put a lot, most of my time into that, maybe. I want to see it get up and running, even though I know universe is this big playground and the real joys are just being able to make stuff like that, to be honest, and uh, having quality time with people and things like that. Um, you know, there's still, let's say, ambition there, right? And... Yeah, the, 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 the urge is to go then uh, try and harass people to watch it or upskill or educate or myself or, or learn from other people or or start kissing other people's asses that do this sort of thing on the internet and hope that the connection somehow, I don't know. There's all these things you could possibly go do about a thing like that and you would not be blamed by many people for doing a lot of those things and they make total sense. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Sounds like this logic from which we scratch the scab in life 
is totally airtight. And you may even get the result that you're looking for, for that thing. If it's worth, say, the project, you might get the more sales or you might get the more success. You might even get it by scratching the scab. It just depends what your priority is. And if your experience of that is, is holistic and filling for you, and that's okay if it is. For me, I just find instead of doing that, I stop because I don't want to try to attack those things from a disturbed state. And then uh, I wait for a disturbed state to clear and wait for peace to come back. You know, I don't always just drop what I'm doing no matter what in the middle of a day. You know, it's kind of within, you know, it's not as you know, dramatic as that. I'll take a break if I have to or anything of that sort. And then, you know, if, if I do something like get to go for a walk or a bike ride or a good conversation with someone, those things are so consistently, if done for long enough and they're of quality, bring you to a sense of wow, a sense of wow at the world again, which is a nice sensation to have. And then from there, I wait for that until I attack whatever the issue or the problem is. Of course, though, once I'm there, I find that I don't want to attack it anymore. I'm once more content with the way things are. And to me, there's just a great beauty in that. I wonder if this stuff is seen as too much taking life lying down. But I keep coming back to this this real thing that is available to each and every person that courses through life. We, we can just feel um, when we get connect with it. It's so clearly the, the thing. And when you feel it, you question... How the bloody hell did I ever go about looking for anything else but this? I'm an asshole. I'm an idiot. Doesn't make sense. What would I ever do? What do I have to do that's so important that I would want to lose this? But. Round and round the merry-go-round we go. So, you know, I still have all these, all these, they just get triggered about all these, all these human things, you know, I keep an eye out for, um, you know, potential partners and stuff when I'm out and about, I, you know, uh, I, desires come and go, you know, in various form, you know, around work and all this stuff, but you know, obviously it's obviously there. I never start these things thinking, well, this is a make or break you know, uh, things like the podcast, a book, any of the businesses normally. But that idea comes in, we start playing these games as if they're survival. You know, I think our, our bodily systems and our minds just kind of conspire to an intention we take up. Uh, I do see a lot of the kind of uh, so-called spiritual people um, actively encouraging this sometimes to take up a certain intention towards your desires. Um, 
you know, I don't know much about things like manifestation, stuff like that. It, it so far has not been my shtick. Um, but sometimes I'm curious because it just seems to try and bend uh, spiritual things or towards desires in the same way, um, you know, we pray for, I, you know, you, you would pray once upon a time for your, your football team to win and stuff like that and pray that everything would work out with the business and all that. Basically, that your wishes would come true. It's the genie version of a of of a god, and um, we can sometimes just take that same idea and, and do the same thing in um, other less mainstream or less organized spiritual kind of systems of belief. Mm. I just find it interesting. I don't know much about it. I don't not one like my understanding of this kind of spiritual stuff is that um there's this kind of powerful will that's beyond us. So the idea of manifesting what I, in my mind, want right now uh, seems a little besides the point because, you know, a year ago what I wanted was, in my mind now, totally disturbed, though I didn't see it at the time. So I'm kind of glad uh, that things take their course. So... Obviously, I was lucky enough that I allowed sufficient room. Even back then, at a time of, I think, serious attachment for me, I allowed enough room for um, a bigger thing to take shape and move me in the right direction. So I can feel that now. You know, as I feel tempted to fall, to fall into old habits, nothing that's going to hurt anyone, I don't think, or anything like that. Just that stuff that's going to leave me all clogged up and kind of existentially constipated, uh, spiritually constipated, blocked up, blocking the good stuff. Um, I just have this playful curiosity and playful self-inquiry towards it, almost like a young child asking questions like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really believe that this something I'm doing is so important. So why do I feel anxious about how it's going or, or its success? Where's the faith? Why can't I get back to a place of peace? Because in that place of peace, there's so much faith. I find this faith. So how do I get back there? Why am I, why, what, what story, what ego kind of thing, what story am I clinging to still about who I am in the world or who I'm supposed to be in the world? Um, that's obviously coming from my mind, not from the soul, not from somewhere that's beyond my little my own little cognitive resources, but something that comes through my cognitive resources. Um, you know, where, where is that? And I just, I think that's obviously the same way we pour water through pipes to see where the leak is. Without pouring the water through, we don't see where the leak is. And the point of doing it is because we need the pipes to work. We need them to carry water. And we don't want to be wetting people. We don't want to be wasting water. Like, we don't want to be wasting life. So we're not looking to over-optimize ourselves and make ourselves perfect. We're just trying to like find these little holes and plug them and you fix the big holes first probably and then you start saying, oh, there's a small hole here. And that's life, you know. You live in a materially comfortable society, you start seeing what's wrong with the psyche. Right? Once the bellies are full, the mind gets its attention back again. It goes, all right, now that we've filled the belly, I'm screwed up. And how I'm going to tell you, 
and start making things feel meaningless. And like a doctor, you're, you're a doctor to yourself, right? You're asking yourself these questions. Oh, is it this? Is it that? Do you feel blah, blah, blah? And again, not that there's a rule book, just your own internal rule, like a book to consult of questions. Um, playful self-inquiry. It's not too serious. We're not desperate for a solution. That's just a secondary attachment. Just the inquiry of it, you know? Um, and something about that journey just feels right. You know, something about that journey just feels right. I had another thought today. I was listening to an Alan Watts, an old Alan Watts lecture. He's one of the few people I still think I could just listen to him anytime. And anything, the guy's been dead for more than 50 years. But anything he just said, just bang. I keep finding new stuff he made. Um, and he talked about, uh, he's it was so beautiful. What he's talking, it's called Reality. I should link it if I remember in the show notes. Uh, it was like a 52 minute YouTube video. Um, he's talking about these different ideas we had about sort of the world and God. I might be butchering this, uh, but long story short, a lot of some of the Western intellectuals and stuff like that in the last couple of hundred years started looking at the God hypothesis with a bit more what we'd call so-called rational thought and started thinking that um, there wasn't really a need for the God hypothesis because it didn't help us predict anything. This is his interpretation. So, um, but they kept the kind of laws and the system of laws that seemed to ensue from a, a godlike concept. All right? And that's why we have judicial systems today that in some ways reflect some sort of religious institution principles like your honor and the black robes. He says apparently it's how Protestant priests dress. I don't know that myself, if that's true. Um, but the point was that we took away this idea of, you know, the kind of the creator or the planner behind the universe, if you will. You can try and treat this as more of a secular exercise if you want or, or an agnostic one if you want. All right, so we took that away. And then the thing is, what view of the world you're left with is that you're basically then taking a view of the world that nature is this thing that's occurred by kind of uh, randomness, total randomness, where there's no kind of intelligence behind it, really. There's no uh, will behind it. Um, it's It totally, it needs external energy, right? It's just energy, right? It's just aimless kind of energy, and it's chaotic, and it needs to be harnessed, or it needs to be kind of directed or whatever. It needs an injection of some sort. And so it's very easy to start thinking human beings are the people who are then meant to steer that ship. Um, of course, it seems quite clear to me that we're the only ones that can do any sort of kind of damage to it. But it becomes this man versus nature tension, actually, was what's argument. This is very interesting to me. Man versus nature. I promise this is going somewhere, too. Um, the idea that nature could be so unruly to us that it could wipe us out again would be insignificant. And I guess that's why we built uh, we built our castles, our towers that protect us from most of the elements of nature. And we're still fighting it with natural disasters and all this stuff. And then 
we have things like the, the climate change conversations and all those other things. Um, but really, p- perhaps at the heart of it is a worldview we're left with where, even though this is not overtly said, nature is actually our adversary. It's our opponent. We're in a contest against it. I like the contest you might have had with your best friend at school that you never actually admitted to or talked about, but it was always there and you knew it deep, deep down in a place you didn't like to talk about at parties. And that's when I think about practicality, fractal nature of things, maybe. I'm butchering the words, but fractal nature of things is that we're so often mimicking these patterns on different levels. And if we look, if we are, if we do have that tension between us and the world, um, do we not perhaps very often have that tension with one another? So when you look at it, it, it doesn't matter what language you use. If you want to use religious language, language that spiritual thinkers or philosophers have used, it's just what the idea actually is. And if the idea is that people, are, are whether they are or are not entities that have a beauty or an energy or an intelligence or some sort of, for lack of a better term, divine thing inside them, right? God is in all of us is a very, is a very common religious idea, right? God in all things. Um, you know, if so if you don't subscribe to some sort of idea that there's this thing that brings a beauty f- from within us, uh, and brings and the inspiration is contained with us for what we might thrive in doing in this lovely world. Um, do you then think that the person is like an empty container that just needs to be filled with things, and that by filling it with things, you are giving it the resources to hopefully survive and then thrive in the world? And so the things we fill it with are, you know, the basic level of food and all that, but then you know some sort of lifestyle, luxury, comfort, but then information, ideas, knowledge, ideology, beliefs at the top of and the dense, complex areas of life. Um, and that the, the human being is this thing to be filled in. Not It's this thing to just the opposite, not obstruct. Right? And see, you got these this dichotomy. So what I currently, my current thinking is much in the direction of, you know, I think I can feel it all the time, this soul. Yeah, I feel when I'm writing is the clearest evidence of it. Um, I don't know where it comes from. It, it's totally nonlinear. It doesn't make sense to the, the, the active thinking mind that is where you know, most of my thoughts seem to come from. It's just, it doesn't make sense how this stuff comes out of me. Something inside, and I've seen so many things I've done, which are often the things you're meant to be doing, so it's supposedly meant to be doing, I've seen how they've just blocked it. Blocked a better experience and a better quality of things to share with others, professionally and personally. But... So it's like it's a light that comes from within. Now, the other idea is almost like you couldn't possibly have a light within you. The other extreme, the other, or the other end of the spectrum, rather, it's probably more of a spectrum than a black or white, is the idea that you need to 
it, the human being requires external intervention. Obviously, it needs some sort of interaction with others too. Socialize into the world the way it is and all that, but it's this entity that, you know, doesn't have any power with that external source. It's no, there's no renewable energy that can power the real life. Now, I say that because that stems all the way back to the thing I was talking about at the start, about these disturbances that come, right? And the idea is a very simple one, that if I do believe that, I believe, for the most part, it's a light that comes through you, is the metaphor for it, and that all we do in trying to relate ourselves to the world around us is block it. Right? We're always trying to find what's the thing we're good at. Um, what, are, what are people going to like about me? Uh, you know, who am I? What's my status? What's my... They told me a story about my grandfather. He passed away when I was nine months old. That uh, Joe Weeby Sr. That he didn't, uh, he didn't... He never wanted to grow old. And I think he never wanted to grow old from a place of his sense of himself and his sense of pride because that he was a big tall man strong man strong willed and always demanded his way and apparently and um you know they called him big joe and that became his identity and he so he never wanted to lose it. so it sounded like that meant so much to him that he couldn't handle the idea of people um seeing anything but that so it sounds innocuous and maybe it was and you know, I think he led a good life from everything that's been shared with me. But um, uh, do we need to do that? I sit in a place now where I really think um, we are at our purest. The less we identify as in place our identity... You know, like, I'm only good in relation to things in this outside world. Not saying you need to give it up, not saying you need to be a monk, um, which is always the, the funny response I get with this line of thinking, because I'm not doing that, but, but I'm still young. Uh, plenty of time to do some stupid things. But the idea is that you would, if, if, that, if there's this light, it will direct you really very much to where you want to go. Uh, sorry, where you ought to go. Um, and sometimes where you want to go is obviously aligning with that internal thing. So it goes very much against taking so much from outside you. And I have a sense this is where I resonated with the story of Leonardo da Vinci. Because I think he was, it sounded like he was someone who... He detested received wisdom from taking things from the world around him. Because so many of those things are tainted because the premise of what's shared is that you need this and I have answers. And it actually taints the nature of knowledge. Right? It's like we need to get as many people as possible apples. So we need to mass produce apples. And obviously if we mass produce them in this quantity, we're going to compromise on quality to do that but we just need to give people something and that's the kind of analogy i draw is that what we're doing do we get distracted between feeding the mind and feeding the body 
And do we get distracted from feeding the soul? The last thought I'll share is I listened to, uh, sorry, I saw a comment someone posted online the other day saying that uh, entertainers and artists normally get most of our society's attention. Um, but, you know, they don't move society forward as much as scientists and intellectuals and people like that. And uh, then they made another comment about, you know, podcasting or something, how that was a bridge for the intellectuals to become more like celebrities. And it was terribly funny. Maybe I would have agreed with it on some level uh, a couple of years ago. But I, it's funny because that idea, I would almost flip it around. I'd flip it on its head. And obviously, as is the case with normally these things, I think the person who said it, not there's anything wrong with it, but once, you know, fancies themselves as becoming an intellectual figure in other people's eyes. Certainly something I've done a lot of, so oof, I wish that person luck. I don't fancy that path, but to me, almost the other way around, when you think about what is progress, and if you look at the world as this external place that needs man to intervene, see, I think what we so often call saving the planet is really actually conquering the planet. It's so that the planet won't kill us because it's this tyrannical force with this random energy that could wipe us out, and we need to get in control of it so we need to stop pissing it off and it's this kind of idea that there's no will there's no directed energy behind it it's just a random energy um the only reason i feel it is a directed or there's an intelligence to that energy of what the world is in nature is mainly because i just just i just feel it um but anyway i think that idea is 180 because I think that what really matters in in life more than the other forms of health or this external world we look at, which yes, it would be the science and the innovation, wouldn't it? And the arts is kind of a bit of a luxury, uh, something to enjoy in between working on the world and building it better and better technology. But if you understand the souls, what's the food of the soul? It's art. So I think that's the reason why often it's art forms and those sorts of artists who have a lot of uh, widespread admiration and following. I think it's because art, movies, music, music especially, who doesn't like music, right? Connects with us and and when done right, feeds the soul. Or at least it's a medium which at its heart is attempting to communicate to the soul. Um, more so than academia and non-fiction works and things like that sometimes because it kind of bypasses the intellect a bit. Music normally gets right past the intellect, right? Because it can get right in that that rational exterior and you can get into your warm, fuzzy little ball of light you got going on inside. Now, isn't that just a fascinating idea? So the question is, what is the real progress? Um, I don't know how much progress there is to make. It'll all happen. It'll all happen. I very much enjoy, you know, being able to have internet when I walk on the street. 
a little device in my hand. I'm not a, what is it? Is it a Luddite or a, those people? I know there's another one that starts with A that are very anti-technology. I'm not one of them. It's just all things in the middle, all things in their center. Use the tool and put it down when you're done. But yeah, this way I have of trying to deal with things, and, and it's again, it's always a, the world is a mirror reflecting back into me or into each of us rather than a here it, here it is out there, this thing for me to, to shape and mold to the image I have in my head. Because when we surrender, the image that's in our head is the image that comes from, I think, something beyond us. But could be way off, or the language here could be letting me down. So as usual, the point of this is not to over-conceptualize, but to try always to come back to peace. I always want to avoid the risk of over-complicating stuff. My brother um, is very much <laughs> not your typical... Uh, go-getter, let's say, is almost the opposite. My mom, mother and I having a very kind of in-depth conversation the other night about something, life, you know, it was a good chat. Love you, mum. Uh, and he walked into the room, you know, being amicable, we sat down to listen to what we were talking about, see if he could contribute to the conversation, we obviously realised the depth and complexity of what we were going on about, and he just said, you guys just overcomplicate it. This is what you do. You ask in your head when you're about to do something, is this the right thing to do? And if it's the right thing, you do it. And if it's the wrong thing, you don't do it. And then he just, <laughs> that was his mic drop moment. He just walked, he was almost like a little pissed off at us. <laughs> and then he just walked off. And so for all this stuff, the nuance of in between those moments, when you feel like you have to think about what you're doing or you need to reflect a bit, uh, you need to wind down or you need to take a, a beat. Um, let that not be a diversion or overcomplication away from what ultimately I find that, that, that idiot that I, that I live with shared so much genetic material with his um, very airtight philosophy. <laughs> he could write a book. It wouldn't be very long, would it? You'd have three lines. Anyway, that's that's me done for today. Thanks for enduring these thoughts. Um and the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. Goodbye, friends. <laughs>